Coming up next on this episode of the Unlock You podcast. So we want to be aware that yep. companionate love is forming. The way that you do that is by being someone who is truly safe for the other person to take mm -hmm. the armor off, mm -hmm. take the false self off, and really be seen with their flaws and imperfections without being rejected. What That's you're true. doing is now creating a corrective experience and classical conditioning that now they feel safe with you, with all the things on the inside that human nature we hide and, yeah. and compartmentalize and show the world our shiny self. When someone can experience being in a relationship with you and they feel truly yeah. seen, known, valued with flaws yeah. and imperfections. Picture it like they go yeah. out and we've got armor on and we go and do business and conduct in the world and we lead and we have this war mindset. And then at home, you really want to cultivate an environment. That's why nagging or control or possessive mm -hmm. is so mm -hmm. detrimental because you mm -hmm. have to armor mm -hmm. up at home. Mm -hmm. But if you leading for yourself, irrespective of what the other person is doing, by taking the initiative to say, how can I serve that this person feels safe to take their armor off and our home is truly an ecosystem That's where good. love and safety and security thrive? Welcome to Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. And we are back with Bill Sinyard, and he is amazing. So many resources <laughs> free. <laughs> Just start there. Um, yep. And if you haven't listened to it already, last week we shared the episode on parenting. And this time we're talking about romance. Everything from how do you pick the right person? How do I know? All those questions that we all have. And then once you've picked the person, how do we stay in love and keep a committed relationship that flourishes with time? So thank you so much, Dr. Love, for bringing <laughs> us into this exciting conversation. You're, it's, so it's good to be here. And I'll try to, to to tread carefully here in case my <laughs> wife is listening. Yeah, right. Okay. So for all of the people out there that want to find the one, the right one, and they're asking, is this God's will? How do I know? Is it a connection? Is it a feeling? Is there just a burning bush somewhere, a neon sign? How do I know? Oh my gosh. What are your thoughts? Uh, first of all, let me let me promote. I've got a Valentine's uh, uh, tri trio of podcasts coming up on love. I'm calling it "What's Love Got to Do with It," the Tina Turner song, and uh, we're going to go into the neuroscience of love and and dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin, love and sex, and so we'll talk about why why am I going stupid? Why am I just thinking of the person over? Why am I afraid of breaking up? And and why have I forgotten everything else in my life? Why is my brain doing this? But here's the bottom line is all of that subconscious. I mean, in, in, in many ways, it's chemicals that my prefrontal cortex can't even touch, can't even initiate. Yeah. So my prefrontal cortex, particularly if my amygdala, you know, gets involved, my prefrontal cortex is shut down. <laughs> and so when people are in love, particularly in the early stages, they're prefrontal, they're not being reasonable. They can't be reasonable. They're just trying to figure out and explain these feelings. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling wonderful. I'm feeling adored. I'm feeling loved, feeling safe. And they could be totally wrong. And their friends could be saying that the, the guy, the lady is a jerk, vicious. She's a user. He's a user, a gold digger, right? And But you can't hear it because you're not being reasonable. The ancient Romans, this will be part of the podcast, they saw love as dangerous. 
Love confused the gods. Uh, Aphrodite, the goddess of love, was confused by love. Uh, Apollo, the god of reason, was confused by love. So they tried to regulate the emotions of love. And Paul, the apostle Paul, walked into that when he wrote his letter to the Romans and, and so forth. So um, love is is very, very dangerous. So I don't think there is a universal right choice. Uh, uh, I know popping bubbles all over the world. I know, and and here's here's my I'm a biblical theologian. Here's my thing: is that the love of God is mm -hmm. different than our love. Our love, the Romans got this right, is very object oriented. Mm -hmm. If something is beautiful to me and it makes me feel good and feel loved and feel honored, I go for it. God's love actually loves the unlovable. Mm -hmm. Actually loves what society would call the the rejects it's incongruous it doesn't make any sense but it is his love coming out from his heart that actually makes the object lovable mm -hmm. so it's a whole different thing so if a husband and wife are married there's actually a love that can tend to make the other person even more glorious and more worthy and more lovable mm -hmm. and make them feel that way so actually it's not if i love that's a very self-focused thing is Real love makes me want the best for my partner and vice versa. And that's when things start actually that's start right. happening well. Uh, mm -hmm. So I see love very different. God's love is very other oriented. Mm -hmm. uh, my love, uh, twisted post-fall, tends to be very self-oriented. We call narcissism. <laughs> and we could call it narcissism. There's a Latin phrase for that in curvatus sensei, which is the self turned in upon itself. Augustine used it. It's it's the essence of all sin, but it's with mm -hmm. the breakdown of relationships. When I'm saying, what uh, spouse, what are you bringing to me versus mm. what am I bringing to you? Oh, I love that. Um, and I joke about narcissism, but in reality, mm. all of us are egocentric. All of uh, us have a leaning toward narcissistic self-love, self Thanks. I'm so glad I came today. This is great. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Now my wife's going, yeah, you, yeah. That, okay. That I like her sense. now. Okay. Now. Like <laughs> um, and I love what Danny Silk, he also has some really great resources on couples and relationships. Yep. Um, and he has a program called, um, Oh, defining the relationship, I believe. And he mm. talks about how this young man was doing, they were doing couples counseling and he was like, oh, I just love her, man. She just feels so great. I just feel amazing when I'm with her, blah, mm -hmm. blah. And Danny looks like, you don't love her. You love the dopamine cocaine yeah. feeling That's that exactly you get right. when you're around her. But right. you're not actually developing a real love that right. lasts. And many of us, because right. of Hollywood and growing up on Disney romance, um, we are looking for a euphoric feeling. Yep. And then without the uh, the end of the credits, uh, the movie playing on, right. of how do you actually do day-to-day -day life? So I'm hearing right. you debunk that we're not just looking for the one with the unicorns, um, but do you think that God has an assignment that some people are more compatible together or not? You know, he may be. That's way above my pay grade. Um, <laughs> uh, when when couples start asking that question, that's a red flag for me that they're looking in the wrong direction. Oh, uh, because God's love actually loves your spouse. If I mean, particularly if they're a Christian, if they're sons and daughters of God, God loves uh -huh. them with all the love in the universe. He can't love them any more. He can't love them any less. So when I'm counseling people who are about to, so pastors, you know, we, 
we have couples come to us when it's basically over. They want to check the box. They were, they were headed to the lawyer. They've written up the papers. But somebody yeah. said, did you talk to the pastor? Oh, do we, what do we have to do? So I basically asked the wife, so tell me, why do you hate your husband? And she goes on for 10 minutes. And I go, look, if half of that's true, I would hate your husband too. Husband, tell me about your wife. Same thing. And then I separate them. And I have one come in and I say, so you're a Christian, you say, and your husband is a Christian. So mm -hmm. I've got I've got a bigger problem right now. I mean, if, if what you say is true about how they've been treating you or not treating you, I, I get the anger. I get the reason you want to leave them. I would, too. But here's my bigger problem is if, how does God feel towards your husband, even after all the bad things they've been doing to you? And the, the spouse would usually go, well, yeah, he loves them, but that's God. I'm, I'm not God. I'm going, yeah, but the, here's the problem is you're hating somebody that God loves. So here's what I want to do. I'd like you to do this for 10 days. I give them this prayer that I hand out. And I say, I just want you to pray this for you. Don't even think about your husband. If you do, have to do pick up kids, don't go on a date. Oh my gosh, you just kill each other. Just, I just want you to say this prayer twice a day that talks about God's love for you, that you would begin to experience the height and width and length and depth of Christ's love for you. Get your cup filled a little bit. Don't think about the jerk and do that for 10 days. Let's talk. And I do the same thing with him. And then in 10 days, Dr. Crawford, it is shocking the changes that are made. Not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Usually one more than the other. But marriages have been saved. What I've done is I've shifted, helped them shift off of all of the hurts and wounds and, and fallen expectations and shame. You know, why was I so wrong? What was wrong with all those, all those things? To actually accessing a different love for their spouse. Mm. Um, in Ephesians, Paul asks, uh, for the Ephesians, and they're going to mess up big time. We know that from Revelation. He says that he's asking for power from God through the Holy Spirit and in their inner being so that they can begin, just hold on, yeah. the, to grasp the height and width and length and depth of love of Christ for them mm -hmm. and for others is the implication. So when I talk to parents who have the Holy Spirit, so they say, that's what they believe, and they're not accessing love, There's a, there's been a breakdown, there's been a, 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 a barrier established, and all I try to do is move the barrier so they can actually access God's love for this unlovable, horrid person, and that's what God does love does innately, the parable of the prodigal son, the parable of the good Samaritan, and, and, and so on. So, it's 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 actually shifting from my broken love created by inner working models that are are self-serving, self-protective, narcissistic, mm -hmm. and and shifting to this this power that I can access that doesn't look like me, mm -hmm. and my wife deserves that. Oh, it's so good. So a lot of times, like we've said, you can get the dopamine, the oxytocin, you can get all these highs, irrespective of who you're with. And that's the same of how we develop affairs, because yeah. you can create a connection yeah. chemically, and it doesn't mean it's actually a grounded, substantial no. love with a real foundation that you're invested into. So yeah. for anyone who's listening right now, if you have all these warm and fuzzies, 
it doesn't mean it's the right person if it's outside of your marriage. If they are an intern and they're helpful and they listen yeah. to you and they're great, it does not mean that you'll actually have love. Yeah. It just means pheromones and hormones and chemicals yeah. are reacting. Yeah. And five to 10 years down the road, you will have the yeah. exact same bottoming out of like, why am I with you, right? But right. we, or somebody <laughs> slipped you some cocaine or crystal meth and you were unaware and you would have kind of same feelings. Exactly. But if we're choosing strategically to invest in this person. Yeah. Yeah. We have a higher uh, investment, a higher yield in the long run. And so I yeah. love the research about, you know, companionate love is where it transitions from the beginning where it's this euphoric, but now you're developing a best friendship, mm -hmm. someone that you feel so safe and known and seen. Which well, God's love is, is, is not object driven, a subject driven. Mm -hmm. It's different. And we've all felt it uh, when we, uh, we who are Christians, and, and I know some of your viewers aren't and, and God bless them. But when we have felt it, we Christians, we we the first thing we feel is, but I'm not worthy. Mm -hmm. I've, I'm a sinner. Uh, how can God love me? And that's exactly this amazing love of God that loves mm -hmm. sinners, that loves uh, hurtful people, loves narcissists. I don't, but his love does. And if it's loving through me, it is remarkably different. Yes. Absolutely. So we want to be aware that yep. if companionate love is forming. The way that you do that is by being someone who is truly safe for the other person to take mm -hmm. the armor off, mm -hmm. take the false self off, and really be seen with their flaws and imperfections without being rejected. What That's you're good. doing is now creating a corrective experience and classical conditioning that now they feel safe with you, with mm -hmm. all the things on the inside that human nature we hide and, yeah. and compartmentalize and show the world our shiny self. When someone can experience being in a relationship with you and they feel truly yeah. seen, known, valued with flaws yeah. and imperfections, picture it like they go yeah. out and we've got armor on and we go and do business and conduct in the world and we lead and we have this more mindset. And then at home, you really want to cultivate an environment. That's why nagging or control or possessive mm -hmm. is so mm -hmm. detrimental because you mm -hmm. have to armor mm -hmm. up at home. But if you leading for yourself, irrespective of what the other person is doing by taking the initiative to say, how can I serve that this person feels safe to take their armor off? And our home is truly an ecosystem That's where good. love and safety and security thrive. That's from That's that place, good. now you're creating companionate love. And there's a bonding and a hormone connection that yep. actually imprints, just like with orgasm, that there's yep. certain imprints that happen Oxytocin. only specific times. Same when I can feel mm -hmm. truly known and seen and all this beautiful eye contact and safety mm -hmm. and security, mm -hmm. which means I need to be diligent about my triggers about mm -hmm. my criticism, judgment, contempt, uh, discontent. Yeah, we need to really be taking that to the Lord and saying, okay, what in me yeah. continues to find something wrong in relationship? Yeah. Yeah, Instead yeah, of yeah. assuming it is something wrong with them, which it could be, 
But what if I start the conversation with curiosity going, what in me needs to be healed and redeemed? Because maybe there's an archetype or a template in my past yeah. of always looking for what's wrong, being disconnected, feeling yeah. insecure. And now it's getting reenacted in the current relationship. Yeah. And I don't realize that they have to armor up around me. And I'm yep. wondering why they're not soft and tender and sweet and romantic right. like at the beginning, because now they've put a bunch of armor because I've got That's these little right. quills and I'm poking them on accident. That's right. No, that's really good. And I imagine with your work with CEOs, men and, and women, yes. they probably come home and struggle with that maybe more than yeah. the rest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're on in CEO Performance. Mode. Sure. Mm -hmm. Bottom line. Let's get this thing going. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I believe it. Well, that's a, a great point. Thank you for saying that because it's really important that we create margin in between mm -hmm. roles. Mm -hmm. So for instance, let's say someone male or female has been with the mm -hmm. kids all day and they've been yep. running ragged. They've been trying to get arguments settled and tasks and everybody going mm -hmm. where they're supposed to go. It's really important not to accidentally take that energy and treat your spouse like they're one mm -hmm. of the kids. Mm -hmm. Same if you've been in a work setting in a leadership role all day, and now you come home and you haven't created margin to actually shift yeah. brain waves, yeah. you're yeah. going to come home and still be the CEO at home. Yeah. or whatever manager or whatever role you are. It's really imperative that we actually are intentional. We are physical beings. That means I have to partner with my neurochemistry and brain waves rather than assuming mm -hmm. that it's automatic. And you because probably have a podcast that teaches people how to do that because it's, <laughs> it's not like I'm just going to stop for coffee on the way home or a beer. Right. Yes, I don't, but I will now that you said you should. that. I'd like, I'd let me know when you do. Okay. <laughs> Pastors can be, uh, we're kind of the worst in both, in, yes. in both. We're always on ministering to other people, mm. right? And our spouses don't want that. No, people don't actually want to be fixed. <laughs> The statistics uh, of therapists. Not actually. me, but other pastors I've, I've heard other of. Other people. I've, 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 yeah, for yeah, someone I've else. read that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but exactly. therapists as well. So anyone who's listening who thinks you have all the answers, be careful. Yeah. People don't yeah. like to be therapized when you come home. <laughs> well, I'm a big fan of the attachment theory to help uh, uh, spouses kind of see where they are and where they're, mm -hmm. where their spouses, not, not to, you know, not to minister to them, but to be aware mm -hmm. of, of hurtful ways that are just subconscious. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know you're, you're a big fan of attachment theory and yes. there's four categories. Secure is, is the, the, uh, the unicorn in the room mm -hmm. uh, where we all would like to be. And, and this is the person that dysregulate so smoothly. They love, they work with other people. Their counselors love them because they mm -hmm. listen and they respond. And, you know, it's just non-existent. The, the two big categories are anxious. Um, so the anxious person, they, they use other people to, to emotionally regulate still is something they didn't learn in childhood. Yeah. And so they will manipulate people into relationship in order to feel better about themselves, their mm -hmm. enoughness. Yeah. And um, so one person described it this way, being in relationship with someone who is acting out an anxious attachment style can feel like dealing with an angry customer while staffing a support complaint desk because <laughs> they're externalizing typically. Yeah. They want you to fix them. They want to talk about their emotions, which is usually anger or depression or sadness. They tend towards perfectionism because they've learned that they get noticed if they're perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, they want to get credit. They want to get uh, they they hate FOMO. They hate missing out on jokes mm -hmm. and 
and and they don't want to talk about your day they want to talk about their day um they need uh, they need to hear that they are enough in your eyes and mm -hmm. we we've talked about that in the previous podcast they desperately need to hear before that moment that you're their biggest fan mm -hmm. that you have eyes only for them that that they are beautiful in your eyes, that they are worthy. You're so proud to be their spouse. You would buy stock in them. And they needed to hear that over and over and over because for whatever reason, back in infancy, mm -hmm. they didn't get a sense that they were worthy of the attention of their caregiver. Yeah, and I think a lot of people can resonate with that. And even just having that articulated, I think some of us may even be hearing that and resonating. So the good thing is, mm -hmm. while that may be a template, that may be a life experience in the hard drive, there are upgrades. And yeah. so what's really sweet is therapy, not counseling. Counseling is like we're solving problems at the conscious level. Mm. Psychotherapy is more at that psychodynamic level where we use okay. the relationship as the vehicle of change rather mm. than technique driven. So a lot of people don't know the difference in uh, training models. So if you go to a psychodynamic therapist that can help you actually work through it, where you kind of project your stuff onto your therapist and then use that as the process, you can also do it with a really secure attached person who is choosing and electing to do this. Now yeah. they can't be your source or your God where you expect them to do that forever. Right. But there are seasons where the Lord allows a corrective experience through relationship, where you Absolutely. can have those insecurities. And now what you want to do is not just continue to go to them. You've had the template, the experience, but now internally you start to digest or what's called introject. You take that in and now you go, okay, me. Now I'm going to offer that reassurance, security, I see yeah, value good. and worth in you. Now you're creating an inner world based on security. Mm -hmm. And there's mm -hmm. a parlay there that happens through external relationship. But if it stays yeah. external, then That's I'm good. entitled. I'm frustrated. I'm mad at you because you used to be reassuring and now you're neglecting me. And so I'm going to act out, et cetera, instead yeah. of going, I'm going to use do. this as scaffolding that help right. imprint and now the right. onus is on me to be responsible that's to really self-soothe redirect hey me that's feeling anxious and in my mm -hmm. imagination i'll just have my clients picture like hey picture picking up this mm -hmm. part of you that is feeling anxious let's be present and experience mm -hmm. near with this part of your soul this is not your spirit that's not your true self but it yep. is a part of your soul and yep. so bring reassurance just like david mm -hmm. talked to his soul in the psalms mm -hmm. where he said soul you mm -hmm. will bless the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I'm not seeing that like you will. It's yeah. more like, hey, I'm going to invite you into relationship. I'm going to draw you close. Yeah. And good. through that, you're now creating an internal secure attachment style. So yeah. if someone's hearing this, I don't want you to feel overwhelmed and ruined and, I, you know, it's hopeless, but recognizing it's super normal and it's yep. creating a landscape yeah, where now you can empathize with others. You can yep. be self-regulating, recognizing your inner that's triggers good. and then working through them with mindfulness, journaling, and mm, then visualization mm. where you're connecting with those parts of self. That's and good. I do have videos on internal board meetings to help um, break oh, that. I, I saw the titles. I'll have to track those down. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Please do. <laughs> okay. So we have the secure... story I run to biblically, by the way, <laughs> It's a great example of this is Jesus with the woman at the well, mm -hmm. how he treats her mm. is like, I mean, I'd have to watch your podcast, uh, but 
it's probably that he he treats this poor lady uh, like she was the most honorable and mm-hmm. and and she begins to feel it you could see it you can hear it in her response anyway yeah. so uh, so back to attachment theory, the other major category is avoidant. So we talked about anxious. Avoidant, that's me. Uh, we 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 have a strong sense of enoughness. It's just connectedness has hurt us somehow. And I've got lots of counseling for that. I, and I don't want to bore your listeners. But, but there's some, so I put up boundaries. Uh, I can be self-sufficient in order to not get hurt. So if I'm married to someone who is anxious, who wants, who's trying to manipulate me to draw me into conversation to hear her anger or or angst or embarrassment or shame, whatever, I'm having red flags go up and I'm pushing away and pushing away, which causes her to come closer and closer and closer. And there's just ongoing conflict Mm -hmm. until I understand more what she's doing and why she's doing it it's not personal and she understands why I'm doing what I'm doing it's not personal it's I have these broken inner working models and so Mm -hmm. does does my spouse so so if if a couple is mixed marriage I call them anxious and avoidant and let's say the anxious let's say it's the woman could be the man but let's say she has an affair And we're processing, why in the world would she have an affair? If she was anxious, it could be the classic rom-con where she's trying to get attention from her husband. Mm. That would be a, a subconscious, normal, you know, she's responsible for decisions. You're, mm-hmm. you're with me, but there's reason behind it yeah. uh, that is worth, un- it doesn't make her an evil person. It, it sometimes makes her a subject uh a victim of her own brain in in mm-hmm. in some ways, mm-hmm. and the husband, if the husband is the the avoidant one, he might react with, "See, I knew it. That's why I can't trust her. That's why I can't get close because I get close to people and they hurt me. I'm mm-hmm. never going to get close to them again." And until we actually dig deep into why we're having those reactions, which are normal human behavior in a broken world, yeah. we're not going to get to, in my opinion, to healing. Both people are looking for the same thing. We're looking for that safety, uh, that relationship. I forget what you called it, but I like the word um, where, where it's safe, where we're, we trust each other. And we really do believe that we're, we're each other's biggest fans and we're yeah. sorry we hurt each other. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Um, yes. So the avoidant for these people, it's really important to know that you have an overactive defense mechanism. And while told, your yeah. inner world mm-hmm. feels safe, it feels regulated, that feels mm-hmm. good to you. And the other person mm-hmm. is overstimulating their needs. Exactly. It feels excessive. It feels overwhelming <laughs> and exactly. actually is a turnoff. Like you're wanting to push them away. So you I've may love the person, but their neediness feels gross and off-putting. So and dangerous. Aware, yeah. And dangerous because it's trying to get past my walls. The issue is when we have walls, it's like there's a drawbridge of mm-hmm. where relationship happens and you're mm-hmm. protecting you, not we. Mm-hmm. And so when me is protected, yeah. 
I have now abandoned the other person and their protest to try to connect is That's actually right a healthy bid to connect. It right. may not be expressed in a healthy way, Correct. but the desire to restore right. connection, although they are not a therapist who knows how to explain right. what they're feeling and articulate it properly, right. that longing to connect is actually a healthy sign. And when they stop trying to connect with you, that's actually mm. when you have a dead marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll, they'll find substitutes, whether it's mm -hmm. self-med or whether it's affairs. And often uh, the abandonment issues for someone who's anxious, that's why they got to be anxious in the first place is they sensed abandonment yes. from, from a, a primary caregiver. And mm -hmm. then if they married someone who's avoidant, they're going to get that time and time and time again. And that is the right word is abandonment. Exactly. And uh, thick-headed people like me need to hear that word. Uh, mm -hmm. Is that my actions just may possibly kind of theoretically make other people feel abandoned. Exactly. And so if we don't deal with that, we mm -hmm. are egocentric, mm. we're narcissistic, we're protecting ourselves, and we're Perfect leaving the other person uncovered. And yeah. that's going to evoke insecurity and anxiety. Mm -hmm. So as much as you feel like, that's oh right. my gosh, they're overwhelming, right. you're evoking that response. And if you lower that drawbridge yeah. and it may feel scary and overwhelming, that's oh. where we just say, hey, protector, I acknowledge your desires to protect me from being enmeshed, mm -hmm. um, overtaken. Mm -hmm. um, maybe mm -hmm. you had a parent that just kind of over immersed mm -hmm. themselves into your life. I mm -hmm. honor that and I validate that. But mm -hmm. the people today don't deserve those walls. Mm -hmm. And so, Jesus, mm -hmm. I ask you to That's exactly right. the protector part of me. Protector part of me, I want you to meet my friend Jesus. He's not going to take over control, but Beautiful. he is going to provide support and reinforcements. And I'm wondering if I just practice lowering these defense mechanisms mm -hmm. and I offer love and I pursue and I invite if it actually down regulates my spouse mm -hmm. and as they feel secure, they self-regulate and they, they don't have such neediness and anxiety and right. crazy weird behavior because they're not feeling flooded and abandoned right. anymore. Okay. When right. I, as the leader change that male or female, and right. I offer and I pursue and I invite love, I'm using that drawbridge. Now they're right. getting love inside mm -hmm. versus saying, mm -hmm. well, I mean, I told you, I love you like 10 mm -hmm. years ago. I mean, mm -hmm. I bring home mm -hmm. food. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. not cheating on you. I'm right mm -hmm. here, but yet there's such a happy wall. Valentine's babe. Yeah. Yeah. And we can feel it intuitively. And yep. so as much as it feels like the rational superior posture to be the avoider who is, you know, practical and they can mm -hmm. quote scripture and they can keep their cool while the other one's emotional and looks crazy. Oh, they have reasons. Uh, yeah. I've learned to really pay attention. Mm -hmm. The people that are comfortable in dysfunction actually are the people that yeah. need to do more work than the one yeah. that's not comfortable in dysfunction. What yeah. we're doing is not healthy. And to have some level of like angst about that is actually a good sign. When they stop yeah. having that, now we know we've drifted and we've become yeah. roommates. Would you say, and I'm just testing a theory, would many CEOs be avoidant? Uh, I think that would be a generalization. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of CEOs can be eights, which is challenger driver. So they could be uh, goal oriented. And mm -hmm. when the goal mm -hmm. surpasses the bid to connect, 
that would feel very avoidant. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have had some say they're reformed CEOs or reformed mm. eights and challengers. Um, sure, sure. So I think it's possible to work okay. on it, but it probably <laughs> is more likely. Uh, anybody in yeah. a leadership position. So it could also be pastors. I've what? seen pastors who have all the right No, words. we're caregivers. We're shepherds. We're concerned <laughs> we about the flock. What do you mean? <laughs> and yet those are the people that sometimes totally. are the most emotionally pulled back. Oh, and totally. looking at their spouse, like, look, isn't this one crazy? Oh my gosh. And unaware yep. that they're actually evoking the anxiety in their partner. So anybody- we fill our board, we fill our staff with, with people who are anxious because they tend to be perfectionists and hard workers. Uh-huh. And then they're trying to please me all the time. So I get the results that I want. It works. <laughs> it works for a while. It works for a while. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I, so this tool, the attachment theory, I found extremely helpful. We put it in our good enough parent program for parents and teenagers, mm -hmm. but, but, uh, you know, we give, we give them a, a simple survey from Bartholomew and Horowitz, four paragraphs, so they can kind of identify from a lay point of view, which, which of the four quadrants they fit in. So they can begin to have these conversations and if both spouses and or boyfriends, girlfriends, or whatever partners can have these conversations, I, I think uh, common words, common approach, yeah. a common sense. You know, I've got baggage. You've got mm -hmm. baggage. I'd like to hear your baggage. It's safe here. That yeah. kind of conversation is actually more helpful than you know what you said hurt me. Boy, yeah. then we get into that defensive cycle. Right. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Positive reinforcement, right? Yeah. So the more my face represents yeah. criticism, contempt, a complaint, yeah. the more that negative chemistry will happen just at my face versus yeah. if I try to spend 70% or more giving positive reinforcement, play, yeah. laughter, engaging yeah. with one another, being yep. friends, having positive reinforcement. Now, when they just look at my face, now there's yep. more likely to be a positive chemical reaction and they're going to show more of their real self versus unconsciously the protector comes up of what's of going to happen today. <laughs> of course. And, and uh, attached with the earth, I love this, and I think it's encouraging uh, for infants anyway, they to have good enough. That's where we got the name for our program. Uh -huh. They say three out of 10 interactions with your infant. Mm -hmm. I mean, your infant's going to be colically, colically, they're going to try, they're going to be wet, they're going to be miserable yeah. sometimes. But if you can do three out of 10 interactions that are attuning, your child will go into the next stage of life secure. Yes. That's doable. Right. I can't do 10, no. you know, you know, five pushing mm -hmm. it. I can do three. Mm. Um, and same thing with teenagers and same thing maybe with spouses that three out of 10 of my interactions can be, yeah. Hey, look, I'm, you know, I know I said what I said, and we're, but I got to tell you, I'm not going anywhere. I'm your biggest fan still. I've got your yeah. back. What you said hurt me. We got to deal with that. But but I'm I'm here and I'm loving you. Yes. And I got to figure all this out, but I'm not going anywhere. I just think three out of 10 is probably a good goal. Absolutely. And I do want to make sure we cycle or circle back and say a tuning. While that's common for us, you think of it like a tuning fork, an instrument that mm. many times we talk at a cerebral level, which just means transfer of information. Like, yep. did you pick up the kids? Do it's we good. have enough milk? What's our agenda for the weekend? But when I'm hearing and I'm attuning, I'm actually trying to get to the heart frequency. So I'm mm. being more emotion. -focused. That's really good. And so attuning just in a practical, if someone's yep. listening and they're like, okay, how do I do that? Mm. The practical is 
Mm. Hey, baby, your eyes look tired. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. I'm wondering mm -hmm. how your day has been. No, but look I mean, in the eyes. really, how has your day been? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I would love to be a safe place. Is there anything else mm -hmm. going on? And not reacting or punishing them on accident because yeah. I have some big reaction to what they just shared, but yep. creating what's called a holding environment where it doesn't mean physically touching. It means I'm holding and containing what they're sharing so they get it mm. out. And now I'm holding it so they don't have to carry that burden. And now it can be released. That's good. Many That's times good. the person that has high need often is unaware. The other person has need in the relationship, but the, yeah. the more high functioning one tends to carry it longer. Mm -hmm. So if you've received a lot from your partner, be proactive to pursue their heart. Like, yeah. That's hey, good. I'm curious how that no, impacted really you, or I recognize really this. I'm wondering, really you know, the other day when you said your secretary undermined you in this way or whatever, yeah. I'm wondering how that impacted you. And yeah. they may blow you off and say, oh, nothing, blah, blah, blah. The more that you pursue and just say, right. hey, I'd like to be a safe place if you'd Three like to talk 10. about it. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the uh, the, the YouTube video uh, uh, Still Face Experiment? Yes. Uh -huh. I recommend that for anybody because you can yeah. see what attunement is and mm -hmm. what the effect looks like when the mother goes still face. It, it really is educational. Absolutely. To see that in process and realize we adults do that too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. So for anyone who's curious, it's the still face experiment. Um, and it's also based on some of the Harvard research on serve yep. and return, where right. like if you were playing tennis, where the baby or the partner, in this case, the romantic partner, is uh, giving you feedback and then you yeah. play back in a sweet way, not in like a playing yeah. games. But like if they're being playful, try right. to engage playfully. If they're being serious, right. take them seriously and don't just laugh it off. You're trying That's to good. serve and return. Like I hear you. I see what you're trying to communicate. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I want you to know that I can hold and contain that and I That's can good. meet you there. Excellent. That deepens the resonance of how much we can feel known, cared for, and invested into. And again, yeah. taking the armor off and feeling truly safe in the context yep. of this relationship. Yep, yep, yep. We need communities where we're encouraging one another to do this. It's, yes. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's harder than it looks. Yes. Yes. It's a lot of, it's a lot of self-regulating in order to be there and love someone uh, else more than my immediate need in the moment. Yes. Yep, mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Okay. This is amazing. All right. So how do people connect with you? I know we have Valentine's coming up and uh, what are your thoughts on how people can continue to invest, whether they're single or in a relationship? <laughs> Oh yeah, or Christian or not, it's uh, yeah. the brain's the brain, right? So yes. uh, I do have a special Valentine's podcast. I, I do a regular podcast called Gospel Rant. Uh, in in February, we'll be doing a three part Valentine's Day where we talk about the neuroscience of love and sex and addiction. They're all they're all linked together. We talk about the history of love. Uh, the Romans, I think I mentioned before, they were afraid of love, and and we've been affected by that more than than we were affected by the Middle Ages or Victorians. Mm -hmm. And uh, Paul walked into that. If you if you if you know your Bible, he actually had to confront that kind of crazy love. And then the last one to be is what does the actual love of God looks like? And it's it's mm -hmm. uh, different than we. There's a misunderstanding of of agape and eros, and we're going to try to clear that up for a lot of fun. Um, I also have the good enough parent, uh, good enough parent online that people can go to 
you don't have to be parents, but specifically for parents and teens, mm. but if for anybody who wants to know the attachment theory and we give people surveys on how they can find their attachment styles, it's very helpful. Uh, and lots of other stuff. They can contact me if they have any questions. My my website is gospel-app.com. Lots of stuff on there about millennials, uh, about adults, about uh, a number of things. Um, there's, uh, but they can contact me if they have any questions, bill at gospel-app.com. Awesome. Well, this has been such a privilege. Thank you for geeking out on chemicals and brain neuroscience and parenting and love. So thank you, Bill. And we will see you all for the next episode. Bye, guys. Thanks, Dr. Crawford. You're welcome.